weeks now, 14 weeks today. Been doing this, not all the time. Colin's been preaching as well. Faith in God through Jesus' Son by the Holy Spirit according to truth. That's my definition of what we mean by Christian faith. Faith is not a power we operate. It's not a force. Faith is not focused upon an outcome, but upon God. Faith is always God. But Jesus said, have faith in God. He didn't just say, have faith in faith or have faith. Have faith in God. We are called, brothers and sisters, to live by faith. It summarizes the whole of our life. Wherever area of life we look at, marriage, family, work, we live there in that situation, in that part of our lives, still by faith, looking to the help of God. Today we come to this top subject, faith and trouble. <gasps> Here we go. <laughs> I could have chosen another word. I could have chosen one of the Bible words like tribulation or, or, or affliction or and so on. I'll come to those in a minute. But I wanted a word that would fix it in our minds. This is what we're talking about, all sorts of trouble. Okay. So I didn't want to be, you to be distracted by religious jargon, you know. I want you to get this. We're talking about when we are facing trouble. Is life easy? Oh, good, honest question. Good, honest answers. Is it meant to be easy? Or is it just us having a bad time? Did we have an easy time even before COVID came around? No, no, not really. The Bible uses these words, uh, which I want to explain. Temptation, affliction, and tribulation. We think of temptation as incitement to sin, an opportunity to sin. We're thinking of the temptation uh, of Jesus by the devil in the wilderness. But that is only one part of the wider issue of the trials of life and faith, which the scriptures call temptation. It means simply testing, being tested. The word affliction in scripture appears translating a couple of Hebrew words which really mean straightness, being pressed in, being confined, being narrowed. Okay? That's affliction. You, you, you're stuck. You're stuck with this at this moment in time. And a Greek word that means pressure. I could show off and pronounce it, but never mind. It means pressure, being under pressure. How are you feeling today? I'm okay under the circumstances. Well, the problem is you're under the circumstances, you're feeling pressure. You're feeling restricted. And the word tribulation has been given a narrow meaning by those who believe in a secret rapture by the Lord Jesus before the end of this age. Which, by the way, that is not my theology. I don't believe that. But they're thinking of a short and terrible period of time before that rapture and before the last, after the rapture and before the last day. But the scripture uses the word tribulation in a much wider way than that to mean trouble and then a particular kind of trouble that we'll come to in a while. Let me give you now the words of the Lord Jesus. And I, although I've put them up there in the, in the New King James Version, I flipped open here my Bible copy, which is the Holman Christian Standard. I'm going to read it to you from the Holman Christian Standard. John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Uh, you will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Amen. To whom does Jesus speak there? To his disciples, those there at that time, but then also to his disciples throughout time, which includes us. Some Christians hold to what is called, or we sometimes call, over-realized eschatology. They think that all the blessings and promises of God which relate to his eternal life and eternal kingdom, you can have them all now. There's a problem with that. Those are the 
perfect things and we are not yet perfect people. They've been led to think you can have a perfect life now in this age, a life without any trouble. It's not so. We live with mixture. Jesus is reigning until every enemy is under his feet. He's still overcoming enemies. And guess what? So do we. The the relationship that we have with this life is those who are living it by the grace of God through faith in God and having to deal with difficulties. Some of the old Pentecostal hymns that I grew up singing and certainly when I went to Bible college I had to sing them in the redemption hymn went really way beyond the real truth of the matter. They overstated what life actually is for us in this age. I could quote them but that would be to waste time. And, but some of our modern songs also put, go a little bit too far in saying the way it is, don't they? You know, they're, they're kind of full of hope and they're, they're kind of saying it big but you know, it, it, it's, it's not quite where we're at. Trouble is part of human life in this age. We must deal with disease, disappointments, emotional hurts, sudden crises. We, we live among other fallen human beings. We ourselves have many faults. Oh, thank you for that. Shakespeare puts these words in the, in the, in the mouth of Prince Hamlet, that we human beings are subject to the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Good old Shakespeare. He knew his Bible, by the way. That's why he wrote so well. We like to quote scriptures that speak about being delivered from these things, but don't stop to figure that to be rescued from somewhere means you're there in the trouble in the first place. You can only be saved from something you need saving from. You can only be rescued from something you need rescuing from. You've got to be somewhere to be rescued or delivered from that. All right? It's not that it didn't happen. No, it happened and you need his help. We also like to quote scriptures to speak about being overcomers and more than conquerors. But you overcome by overcoming something. Some battle, trial, difficulty, obstacle, opposition. To be an overcomer, you've heard me say this many times before, you overcome something. Life tests us. And for us Christians, trouble and tribulation test our faith. Will we call on the Lord? Will we trust and depend upon him? Will we find his help to take us through this? When trouble comes to us, I only added these to my notes this morning. When trouble comes to us, we tend to ask the question, why is this happening to me? Or in the Pet Boys song, I think it is, what have I done to deserve this? The book of Job addresses that very issue. Job faced severe testing from Satan. The Lord allowed it to happen. When Job's friends came to him, most of them, one after another, suggested, come on, Job, you must have done something wrong. They were wrong. God was pleased with Job, and Satan had accused him to God to say, he only loves you because you're so nice to him. I'm paraphrasing, okay. Their philosophy was wrong, yet it is a philosophy that's continued on down through the centuries, and lots of Jewish people think like that particularly. Job had pleased God, but his faith was being tested, severely tested. Trouble tests our faith in the Lord. Trouble, affliction, tribulation, different words. Trust our faith in the Lord. For God's children, trial tests our faith. They are not a cosmic or heavenly payback system. Get it? They're a test of our faith. We didn't deserve it. 
It's not an issue. Then for us Christians, there's a particular kind of trouble being oppressed and opposed because we are Christians, because we name the name of Christ, suffering for his name's sake. At the end of last Sunday morning, I read from the end of Romans 8. Uh, I haven't have time to read all of it to you because we're running late. But let me take a bit of it here. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. I want to tell you this very plainly. The early disciples endured those things because they were Christians. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril. In all those things, in all those things, they were conquerors through him who loved them. The first disciples did not evade these things. They endured them, trusting Jesus. They were opposed firstly by the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem and Judea, and then later by the Roman authorities in many Roman cities during the reign of Nero. They endured these things for his name's sake. The church has been persecuted over the centuries since that time. People around the world this week have endured suffering and even death because they are Christians, and that's another plug for Barnabas Fund, by the way. Jesus predicted troubles for us. These things I've spoken to you that he may you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, suffering, affliction. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus warns us to expect trouble, oppression, difficulty in this world, but also from this world. You see, the world in Bible sometimes means the whole planet, the, 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 the biosphere, the planet, but more often it means the humankind. The world of human beings, but then particularly the world of unbelieving human beings. That's the language of 1 John and so on, the way that Jesus uses sometimes. Remember that Israel lived in Egypt, and then later on we're in exile in Babylon? That history illustrates our current position. We have not yet arrived in our promised land. It lies ahead. But we continue to live in a world of fallen humanity. So we live with a world that opposes God, and it also opposes us. We are the children of God. We're described as shining like lights in a dark place. The world very often will resist and resent us. They don't figure it out. I'm not sure they sit down and get this in their heads, but the reason they resist and resent us is because they reject God. And because we are allied with him, we're his dear children. We are children of God, children of light, followers of Jesus. Trouble tests our faith and produces character. And I need to read this to you from Romans chapter 1. Therefore, having been justified, Romans chapter 5, sorry, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And we, we want to go amen and finish there, don't we? But it goes on, verse 4. Not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Rejoice in sufferings, in other words. Knowing that tribulation, suffering, affliction produces perseverance. Endurance. And perseverance or endurance produces character. 
You become something you weren't before. And character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So James writes to the churches, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now that patience there should be translated endurance because patience is not just hanging around. It's keeping going. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking nothing. James returns to that thought a few verses later, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Remember that word, testing. Not the blessed is the man who can't get over being troubled by his sinful thoughts. That's not the idea there. It's the testing that you're enduring. Blessed is the man who endures testing, for when he has been approved, here's a little phrase I'm going to put to you to it, when he has been attested. Testing is so that you are attested. You're approved. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who have loved him. Trials endured, faith tested and attested will be rewarded. In Peter, Paul, uh, Peter uses the expression of, of uh, uh, a refine, a refining gold. I'm going to read this chunk to you here. Here's how Peter start, almost starts his first letter. In verse 6 to 8 are kind of mentioned up there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You don't have it all now. It's reserved in heaven for you. We who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, not all yet. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the appearing or revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Faith tested is more precious than gold that's been through fire. Further down, it returns to, to again, brothers, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is about to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Rejoice to the extent you partake of Christ's suffering. He's talking about they're going to go through a time of testing. Jesus wrote to seven churches at the beginning of Revelation. And most of those were either going through trouble or were going to be faced with trouble because they were Christians. This mental image of a refiner stirring and purifying molten metal is taken from the Old Testament from Malachi. All right, sorry, got ahead of myself there. Um, the Lord is the refiner, and he's purifying us through our troubles and trials of faith. Now, when you purify some metals, they become harder. But when you refine gold, it becomes softer. The purest gold is easy to bend. In some trials, you need to just toughen up and learn to endure. Though, let's get rid of that nonsense about when the going gets tough, the tough get going, shall we? 
Yeah. When the going gets tough, we call on the Lord. Gold gets softer. I want to suggest to you that sometimes we endure difficulties. We are being brought back to our Father to rest in his love, to know again the love of God poured into our hearts, to be made softer, more malleable, more teachable, more changeable. Our trials may be allowed by the Lord to bring us in closer, to open up to him. In his troubles, David cried out to the Lord for his help. It's good enough for me too. We endure trials by going through. We don't, we don't settle there. We don't accommodate it. We don't just accept it. We, we are going through it. Some of you remember me saying on previous occasions that when trouble comes to us, we want to be taken out of it as soon as possible. Where's the helicopter? You know? But the promises of God are presented in the language of going through rather than simply getting out. Here it is in 1 Corinthians 10. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation. Let me give it to you again. Testing. Don't think of it as being simply sin related. No testing has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. Who will not allow you to be tested beyond what you're able. He won't take you past your breaking point. Jesus, by the way, had an amazing breaking point. He was tested in every way like we are and never broke and never sinned. I just wanted to mention that along the way. He will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, the way of escape, though you can bear it, is kind of like one thing, then another thing. Way of escape, I'm out of here. Oh, no, I've got to bear it. Well, the easiest way to imagine it is the expression we use, and we used to use this in the Midlands because we had some canal tunnels in the Midlands. And if you're going through a canal on a boat, you look for the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel. God gives us the way ahead, which may be the way out, but we've still got to go through the tunnel. We endure it because there is hope ahead of us and because God has spoken to us. Let me mention again this passage in Isaiah. I know it's one of my favorite passages. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to verse 3. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. You can put your name in there if you like. And he who formed you, O Israel. Throw there again. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, remember Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. There's an image there of the waters as well. The children of Israel left Egypt, but the Egyptians pursued them. They came to the Red Sea and they were stuck, cul-de-sac, trapped. But the Lord opened up the sea for them. They walked between vertical walls of water, what might be called the valley of the shadow of death. And they didn't hang around in there, they kept walking. The Lord took them through. And again and again, through all of the history of the Old Testament, all of the history of the church since then, too, 
The Lord takes his people through as they trust his word and rely upon him and call upon his name. That is how we navigate this life with all its troubles. That's how our brothers and sisters in a number of countries are enduring persecution, living under the shadow of death by calling upon his name and trusting in him. When we have endured, we don't go around boasting about it. We encourage our brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Now, comfort is one of those old English words that needs translating, retranslating. It means strength. It means strengthening. It's not, ah, it's get up, stand up. Forget the rest of the song, don't go there. <laughs> um, who strengthens us in all our troubles, that we may be able to strengthen others who are in need trouble. God allows you to go through something so you've learned to be strong in enduring that. So when you see your brother or sister go through, hey, the Lord took me through that, don't worry. Keep on. Yeah. Yeah? You strengthen them with your testimony of how God helped you. It's not, I got through it. It's the Lord was my helper. So you encourage your brother or your sister by telling them that. That we may strengthen us with the strength in which we ourselves are strengthened by God. The problem with the New King James Version, it hangs on to the King James sometimes and it, they're older words really. Do you remember Jesus talking to Simon Peter? This is why I remember Job. Jesus, Simon has said, you know, to Jesus, if everyone denies you, I won't deny you. Not me, not me, not me. He says, Peter, before the cock crows in the morning, you'll have denied me three times. And then he adds this in Luke. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Who else did Satan ask for? Job. It's connected to Job. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. He fell. He disowned Jesus. But he did return to Jesus. Jesus restored him. And having been restored and strengthened, his job in life was to strengthen his brothers and sisters. In whatever way the Lord has rescued and strengthened us, we encourage others to find the same help, the same strength in the Lord. Remember, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then he also teaches us to pray. I know I always come back to the pattern prayer. It just never goes far from me. In the pattern prayer, daily prayer that Jesus taught us, there is this phrase, these two phrases. And do not lead us into temptation. Again, stop thinking about it narrowly as just being about sin. It's testing. It's an honest prayer. Lord, please don't test me. Don't, don't lead us into a time of trial. We can't avoid them all. But a prayer that acknowledges we are living under his hand and trouble can come, but deliver us from the evil one. That we don't get into a Job-like situation, in other words. And then Jesus also says this. 
It's when he's in Gethsemane. It's when he's praying. And by the way, that shouldn't be a capital S. Still, sorry, it is a capital S because I've capitalized it. Yeah. And, and he's praying, Father, if this cup, let this cup pass from me, and yet not my will but yours be done. And he says to the disciples, can't you stay awake? Can't you pray with me for a while? And one of the times he says that to them is quoted in the, three, in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He says, watch and pray, lest you enter into testing, into trial. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, most English versions don't have a capital S there, but every other scripture in the Bible, when it talks about the spirit and flesh, it's comparing the Holy Spirit with our natural being, our weakness. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us in our weakness. I don't think Jesus is saying anything different there. It isn't that your spirit is strong. It's that the Holy Spirit will come and strengthen you if you ask him. How much more, said Jesus in another place, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You're weak. I'm weak. Guess what we need? The strength of God. How does it come? Through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is willing. Oh, I'm so weak. The Spirit is willing. It's not about how strong you feel or think. The Spirit is willing to strengthen you. We go through the trials of faith. If trouble comes, let me say this again, we're closing down now. If trouble comes, it's not a punishment come upon you. You don't have to figure out what, what payback you're getting and why. Not true. It is a trial of faith. So that your faith is not just tested, but comes through attested. And that will be very precious to the Lord. I don't know what bit of jewelry or watch or whatever else is most precious to you. Your tested faith is precious to God. It's a time to turn to the Lord to find his help. It's a time to grow in character. I'm going to give you these three verses from Psalm 34. They're, They're every other verse, 15, 17, 19. There's other things in between. Let me just read them to you. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their troubles. You're not going to like the next one much. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them. There's a hymn I learned at Sunday school a very long time ago, probably 60 years ago when I first heard this. It's an old hymn. It's a Sunday school hymn. I'm not sure it should be a Sunday school hymn because some of the verses deal with very adult themes. I'm not sure I understood what I was singing when I was seven or eight. But the chorus is this. I'm not going to sing. Ask the Savior to help you, to comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing The Spirit is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. It is all. I recommend to you that you take hold of some of these scriptures and memorize them because you will need them at some point. And then when that time comes, you say, I may be in a Job-like situation, but I'm not going to listen to the philosophy of the world the unbelieving philosophy really that says oh you you messed up and this is happening to you because 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 no 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 this is happening because your test your faith is being tested 
Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to call upon him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to look for his grace and help to get through this. And when I come through it, I won't boast about my strength. I'll boast in his strength. Amen. Amen.